welcome to Up Forest and Human, the podcast. I am your host, Miranda Hannon, and here we talk about everything that is real and raw. From motherhood to herbology and everything in between, this podcast is story medicine. So sit back and relax or pop an earphone in while you wash the dishes. These next several moments are about to be great. Hey everybody and happy new year. Happy 2023. Wow. Can't believe that that's actually the year. It is. Doesn't it seem so crazy? Um, I took a couple of months off of recording in order to truly slow down and celebrate the past holiday season. We traveled quite a bit and it was so nice not having to worry about getting a podcast out out on time, even though I do love it. However, I am back now and I'm excited to share something that I have been very deeply reflecting on for months, especially after traveling to multiple states and observing people and their behaviors. Since traveling, we have gone out to eat and went to shops more often than we do in our little hometown of 500 people. Um, And I have to say that my husband and I experienced a genuine culture shock after seeing countless parents, children, and adults locked into a screen. At some of the restaurants we went to, a parent would sit down and immediately begin messing with their kid's iPad, getting it ready for them before the child even like took off their coat to sit down. We saw this almost everywhere. And the youngest child I saw this happen to was actually still in a diaper. We saw situations where parents were on their phones with the AirPods in and their young teen child was staring at them longingly or looking around and the parent didn't even notice. It was like they weren't even there. Driving through the busy Dallas area, we were almost run off the road multiple times and easily eight out of 10 of the vehicles we passed, the driver was on their phone. Even while we were waiting at the airports, multiple airports, might I add, young toddlers were locked into a screen while waiting to board the plane before a multiple hour flight, probably when they need to be running around and getting their energy out. We were the only, like legitimately only parents that brought books for their children and didn't let them watch something on the plane. We were the only parents who expected their children to sit politely in a restaurant without shoving light-up toys or an iPad in their face. Where, why, and how have we gotten to this place in our society? Why have we valued a virtual world over a physical, tangible one? Are we scared of our kids acting out? (laughs) I mean, that's got to be what it is, right? Parents are scared to parent. Um, They don't want to be embarrassed, you know? And I've come to this conclusion. Our society has an addiction to distraction. You have a bad day at work, so what's the general consensus? Wine in a show. I mean, literally, everybody knows that that's what you do after a long day. Your kids are running crazy, and you grab your phone and go to the bathroom for a minute of quiet time. But oh, look, there's your phone to entertain you for the three minutes you're on the toilet. It's like, people have lost the beautiful art of doing nothing. Whether it's a podcast, a book, a phone, a screen of some type, we always have stuff straight in our face to entertain us. Think on your life for a minute. When was the last time you sat on your couch and did nothing? Like you just sat and quietly sipped a drink for a few minutes before starting your day? Does this sound familiar or does it sound odd? 
Can you challenge this thought further and think about a time you sat outside doing nothing, having nowhere to be, just sitting on the earth for like five minutes? Our culture has developed a severe addiction to being distracted from the present moment. You have to ask yourself, what is the meaning behind this? Why are brands like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Snapchat constantly updating and altering the algorithm of what you are seeing? Why have they made you feel as if you need to constantly update people and see what other people are doing? Like, where does this even come from? It's simple. They understand how the brain works and they make money. Social media is a $153 billion industry. These apps are making a numerous profit off of stealing you away from the present moment. They are studying what you like. They're altering the numbers. They're showing you ads to get you to buy, buy, buy. We have become an actual mix of the Lorax and Wally, and it's like nobody is realizing it. Lots of people claim they have an addiction to social media, yet very few are willing to change it. I would easily say that 99% of parents I talk to say that they do not want their children to become engulfed in electronics, and they would rather them play outside but their kid is obsessed. You know, they get home from school where they use laptops and iPads all day and they get home and the TV is on and mom is on the phone and dad's working on the laptop and the kid just wants to relax and play their video games. And it's like there have there is this massive quality decrease of human beings. And I'm not saying that people aren't worthy um, per se, but the quality of humans in general, um, it's drastically went down since the time we were all living in community with our brothers and sisters. When we were hunting together, raising children together, singing songs together, having fires, um, and community. And now you just text your family member HBD on their birthday, (laughs) or even worse, you post it to their Facebook wall and you don't even actually text them. Do you see what I mean? Um, New Line Health has researched and done studies after studies and have found that the use of social media competes for your attention with the promise of continuous content. This is the main part we become addicted to. It's you literally get a dopamine rush every single time you refresh your social media. Um, This has the same exact effect as like if you um, are smoking a drug or like that feeling when you get tipsy, it's like, it's, it just, um, it's just this rush of hormones that you get, that you become addicted to heavy social media users become less able to ignore the notifications, uh, much like how training a dog works. If you want to think about it that way. And all of this leads to poor cognitive performance and shrinks the part of the brain associated with maintaining connection. Um, Of course, we all know this about social media. In fact, if you do know this already, you probably only know this from content you've seen on social media. And ironically, mass companies like Google and Apple have seen the negative effects of phone use and on their own software programs have set up screen time and sleep timers to literally encourage you to get off your phone. If the people profiting billions of dollars from you being on your phone have actually encouraged you to start using it less, that should be an absolutely massive wake-up call. If your phone has to remind you to put your phone down, you are addicted and you've gone too far. 
And not only have we lost the ability to effectively communicate, um, I mean, think how incredibly you focused our society has gotten. Uh, we've just become really self-centered in the way we communicate with others and marketing techniques are using words such as self-care and me time, et cetera. And it not only has financial benefits for large companies, but it makes you think way more selfishly. Um, like, oh, I, and let me say, I, I'm a mom and I get it. I'm not saying that making time for yourself is inherently bad, but the idea that we deserve this and that and the other, and we need blah, blah, blah in order to truly take care of ourselves. Like we have to have this jade roller that we put in the freezer to roll our face out. <laughs> like this is, that was like the number one most bought Amazon product in 2020 um, or 2019. And you, they, these companies try to give you this lie of what you really need is outside of yourself. And that is so wrong. That is so wrong. Um, okay. Anyway, I was going somewhere else with this. <laughs> Not only have we lost the ability to communicate properly, to make eye contact and to advance our brain functioning, we are actively decreasing the size of our hippocampus. Let me explain. The hippocampus is the part of the brain deeply embedded in the temporal lobe. The hippocampi is responsible for learning and memory. What scientists have found from scans and the structure of our dug up ancestors is that the hippocampus actually used to be much larger than it is now. And why is that? Um, it's actually because of loss of sense of direction. So explorers, conquerors, and settlers had a keen sense of direction. They relied on this primitive resource to get them literally everywhere. And, you know, now that I'm talking about this, um, since being, or since a few years ago, my husband got really into researching hunting and we found out that deer only stay within a five mile radius, yet they know every single ounce of that radius. They know the land like the back of their hand. Um, so, and they'll never travel outside of that. And that's their sense of direction because their, their brains can't do more than that. Um, and <laughs> okay, let me go back. The deer thing is so fascinating to me. So our ancestors relied on this keen sense of direction and, um, they, it literally got them everywhere. And your parents had that too. Of course there were maps like print out maps, um, because Google Maps has actually only been, it was officially manufactured in uh, February of 2005. That's how not long it's been out. Um, so your parents had like the printout maps, but think about how well your parents were able to drive you through the town they grew up in. Or you hear an old guy at a coffee shop say like, oh, go north on Macy until you hit Walnut Street. <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, right now where you're sitting, do you even know which way north is? <laughs> do you know which way south is? They have found that it takes one, maybe two lifetimes for the hippocampus to actually decrease in size. It is made up of mostly spatial memory. And when this isn't used, evolution takes its course and says, oh, you don't need this anymore. And by your grandchild's lifetime, it can be almost three times less than the size of your hippocampus. And like I said earlier, um, the hippocampi is linked with learning and memory. So those trendy little 15-second videos you scroll through for hours is actively decreasing your attention span 
thus shrinking certain brain functions. Active social media users that I know literally cannot read through a book because they don't have the attention span for it. Um, that's that hippocampus literally like shrinking by the minute and memory. Oh my gosh, we are losing our incredible ability to remember events in our life. You guys, this is a serious, serious issue. And now that I've proved the major point of our addiction to distraction, and I've given you a bit of neuroscience to back it up, how can we alter this culture? You know, like how can we look at something that's hard and think, yes, I can face this head on without having to rely on an outside source to encourage us or um, work us up to this event. The actual destruction of human beings is among us, and I absolutely believe that, but we also host incredible power to change that. So where do we start? We start where we always start. We start in our homes. Step back and look at the way you interact with your phone. What is your current relationship to it? When your phone is away, do you think about what you might post next or what you might be missing? Now, look at your kids. How much screen time do they get? What are they tangibly taking in with every passing moment? Is it increasing their knowledge or is it just entertaining them so you don't have to? I mean, you shouldn't anyway, but that's another podcast (laughs) I'll get to. How often do your kids see you on your phone? I encourage you to write out goals for yourself and for your family. For instance, a few things we do in our home is that the minute one of our kids comes up to us, even if we're in the middle of the text, we turn off the screen and we set it down. It will always be there for us to pick up again. I make eye contact and I smile. I need to do this so much more often, but this is something I'm really trying to implement for this year and all the years after. I want my son and my daughter to see the healthy boundaries I draw between the world on my phone and the world in front of me. I never have my phone out or look at it when I'm speaking with them. Like I hate when my husband has his phone out and he's scrolling through and I'm trying to tell him something. I feel so closed off and I never, never, never want this. I never want that wall to be between my kids and I, or my husband, but we're working on that. (laughs) Everyone's on their own journey. Um, Like you hear little feet coming towards you, just set it down. Set the phone down. The next boundary I want to talk about is with watching shows. So in our family, and I know everybody's family functions differently, but we only let my daughter watch a show on Sunday. It got to the point that I was like, okay, she can watch a Sarah and Duck. That's like seven minutes. She can can watch a few of those every day. They're gentle shows. But it does not matter how few or how long of a show she watches. She's so emotional afterwards and she's a highly sensitive person. Um, definitely. And she takes more after me and just the commotion of, um, the screen and the noise. It is so much for her. So we thought we still want her to be able to watch movies and we want to watch movies with her. How can we make this so special? So we do something very special and we call it Sunday Sunday. And this means that we eat an ice cream sundae and watch a short show or movie every Sunday afternoon. We go like all out and we make it so, so special. And she looks forward to it all week and doesn't ask for a show in between because she knows she'll get it on Sunday with a happy little bowl of ice cream, um, whipped cream and sprinkles. The next boundary 
um, is that if we ever want to post a picture of her, my son is still very young, but we'll do the same with him. If we ever want to post a picture of her, even if her face is not showing, we ask her first. There is not a single picture in the internet world that she has not approved to be there. This explains consent, the seriousness of posting, and it is a very basic level of respect for her. Um, Another thing that we've started doing is we start out on the couch each morning with hot drinks. Uh, Not reading, or if we do, it's just really lightly flipping through a book. We don't do anything. It is vitally important for your children to see you doing nothing and to see you doing it well. How often do we just end up being in in this go, go, go mode, you know? Think about how much more pleasant your day would be if instead of rushing to motherhood duties or getting ready for the day, you sat and you sipped a drink on the couch. You just thought. You thought about your day. You just listened. We call this our morning sit and think. The kids will play with toys or Fia does art or cuts with scissors cuts paper with scissors, and we just enjoy being in one another's presence with no expectation of all other than just to be there. And then also, not just with family, but how can we connect to friends better? And we can do this by putting the phone away when you see them. Seriously, shove it in a purse or leave it in the car. Make intentional eye contact. Lightly touch your friend on the shoulder when you leave and say, it was so good to see you today. Write letters to friends if phone calls are hard to do. Answer texts, but opt for voice messages for that extra 5% of connection. At the store, smile at the child in the cart or wave or make a silly face. At the coffee shop, tip your barista with physical cash and give them a compliment on your way out. If you see an overwhelmed mom out with her little kids, go up to her, make eye contact, and tell her you think she's doing such a beautiful job. There are... These are incredible ways to embody connection in a world that's lost the art of living in the moment. There are ways to be on your phone in a healthy way, and I think so many start off that way and then lose it. If it's really hard for you not to be on your phone at first, verbally speak out loud, what's happening in front of me is more important than my phone, or tell your child, you are more important than my phone, if you're really wanting to scroll while they're telling you a story for the 15th time that day. Try to navigate a place without your phone um, or gps walk into a new patch of woods and leave little clues for yourself to get back this is an an ancestral primal skill that can regrow and reteach um, your hippocampus how to function or you can even go to a large town or a small city just do something to practice that sense of direction Um, One more thing about social media is that if loneliness is something that you struggle with and your phone has helped you feel connected, I totally understand that. However, tangibly calling somebody instead of following them on social media will completely alter that relationship you have with them. I do not follow any friends or family on social media for that reason because I would rather text or call um, instead of just scrolling. (laughs) Uh, comment on posts instead of just scrolling past. Join a local library and go to book clubs, even if it's something you wouldn't typically do. There are so many beautiful ways to connect. Um, I decided to go ahead and make this podcast the first one of the year because I've talked with so many friends who want to do way less social media this year, and I think that that is seriously just a fantastic idea. Let's embody the lost art of connection. 
Let's start reading again. Let's buy stamps at a post office and write a heartfelt letter to somebody you think of often. Make eye contact with the coffee shop, grocery, and gas station workers. Offer more compliments and be the first to hold the door open for a stranger. Life can be beautiful and wonderful, full of curiosity and connection. And I hope this podcast was eye-opening and encouraging for you to be the best you can be, especially when it comes to service of others. And speaking of services, I'll just touch on this for just a minute, but I am beginning to offer connection services through my business. And this is just a way of me wanting to connect to women and genuinely help and support women more. So I'm offering four different one-on-one sessions. There's one about nutrition, one about encouraging you in your motherhood um, in that journey. There is one about herbalism and there's one for pregnant and postpartum women. And um, my goal is just connection. And I think having somebody to hold you accountable and to teach you and just that face-to-face is so vital in our fast-paced world. And um, if this intrigues you at all, I hope you go onto my website and take a look around and see what you think. Um, I also, I never want financial status to be an issue. So if you are in a boat like so many who just struggle financially or don't have the means, please get a hold of me and we will figure something out. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to end here. You guys, I hope you had a beautiful 2022 and I'm so excited for each and every one of you um, for 2023. And I hope it is a year of connection and authenticity and intentionality. My personal goal is to embody the feminine more, um, which I could totally go into another thing. But anyway, I hope that you are happy and healthy where you are in life. Thank you for listening in today. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Of Forest and Human. If this podcast sparks curiosity, I warmly invite you to my website, offorestandhuman.com, where I offer incredibly potent, wildcrafted herbal body oils, serums, tinctures, and salve. If you're wanting to support my work on a deeper level, please visit my Patreon. I have two tiers, both play host to in-depth monthly videos and tutorials, recipes based off ancestral nutrition, DIYs, patron-only Q&As, a community board, monthly giveaways, discounts, and early access to products and podcasts. If you're wanting to take it even deeper, my Wild Rose tier, which is priced at $25 a month, grants you the opportunity to become an affiliate for Of Forest and Human, meaning you get a personalized link to send to friends and family and you earn a commission from their orders. You never have to buy anything from me and you can make money. This tier also comes with a one-on-one monthly call from me and bonus videos and tutorials. If you aren't already, please follow me on Instagram at of.forestandhuman and give this podcast channel a follow. Wherever you are listening in the world, I trust that you are here for a reason. Thank you for showing up and supporting my work. I can't wait to host you next time.